The Old Testament lesson for the second Sunday of Easter is from Ezekiel chapter 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone, and I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. There was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are clean cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Last week I said that you should come to church to learn to expect what God promises. You should come to church to learn to hope for what God delivers. And this Sunday we see in detail some of what God delivers to his people, to those who seek him, to those who need him. What he delivers comes in stark contrast to what the world has on offer. Sin and unbelief produce fear. You can see it in the disciples this morning. There they are behind closed doors for fear of the Jews. They're afraid because of sin. They have abandoned their Lord and they're afraid because of death, the consequence of sin, which they fear on account of the fact that they do not believe. That Jesus has risen from the dead, just like he said. They do not believe that he will raise them from the dead, just like he said. The world promises sin and unbelief and death, but God promises something quite different. Faith in Jesus, trusting in him, believing that he is the Son of God sent by his Father to redeem the world, that brings peace. 
The first thing Jesus did when he walked through those closed doors was to say to his disciples, Peace be with you. It was not some faint hope. It was not a mere greeting. But by speaking peace to them, he actually delivers peace to them. He dispels their fears. He breathes into them the breath of life. They were afraid of death. And here he is in glory, giving them life. To understand why this is important, why it's important to have the breath of life breathed into you, it's important to understand your situation. The situation of the world, of sinners in this world, is a lot like the situation of Israel as they were exiles in Babylon. St. Peter says that we are all sojourners and exiles in this world. And you know the great hymns of the church that talk about Jerusalem, the golden, with milk and honey blessed, that home, that return to Eden that we long for, that place out of which we were sent, exiled from Eden into a world of sin and unbelief and death, just like the people of Israel were exiled from Jerusalem, from the land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land, They were sent away because of sin, because of their disobedience, and they were punished with death. God disciplined them, and 600 years before Jesus was born, the people of Israel and Judah had to leave their home. They were carried away into a foreign land, to Babylon, where no one worshipped the true God, where there were idols everywhere, where they could not keep the festivals, where they could not offer sacrifices, or even prayer to their almighty God was persecuted. God sent them away to discipline them, to show them that they need to trust in him, to show them that their sins deserve wrath and punishment, to show them that unbelief merits death. He sent them away in the hopes that this discipline would sink in, that they would repent, and believe that they would trust in him once again. When you are sent into exile, there really are three options. The first one is death immediately. It is to conform to the land into which you are sent. So think about what uh, those stories from Daniel tell us about Daniel and the lion's den and the three young men who were cast into the fiery furnace. Those men, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they did not conform. When they were called upon to bow down to a statue of gold or to pray to the king, they did not do it. They did the opposite of what many choose to do. When you are exiled into a foreign land, many choose to conform, to forget their home to forget their God, to forget their promises, to forget what God has made them to be. That is the choice that many of the Israelites made. They went to Babylon and they forgot about Jerusalem. They were indeed hopeless. They had no vision, no hope for the future. They were not clinging to the promises of God. They were not looking forward to a time when once again they could worship in sincerity and truth. There is another option which is somewhat better. It is to keep your heart fixed on your home. To keep your heart set on Jerusalem. But as you heard in our Old Testament lesson, sometimes keeping your heart set on Jerusalem, keeping your heart fixed on your home, 
can lead you to despair. Those dry bones were reassembled and flesh was put upon them and there they stood, but they cried out. They cried out, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are clean cut off. They remembered Jerusalem. They knew that they were in a foreign land. They knew that they were not where they belonged, but they had given up. They had given up hope of ever returning. They had given up on God's promises. And so they despaired. They were afraid that that's where they would die. That's where their bones would remain forever, there in Babylon, far from their home. It's good that they remembered their home. But in despairing, in giving up hope, in not trusting in God's promises, they make God a liar. That's what St. John says. If you do not believe, you make God a liar because he has promised you something. He had promised to his people that they would return home. It would be some time. He said through the prophet Jeremiah, 70 years you're going to remain in Babylon. 70 years. 70 years I want you to stay faithful in this foreign land, faithful to the worship of your God, and faithful, trusting in his promises, not losing hope. But these dry bones, they looked at themselves and they said, that's never going to happen. We're never going home. We're never going to return to our city and our kingdom. They despaired, and they were afraid, a lot like the disciples in our gospel lesson. You can see that same despair in the way they behaved. Yes, they knew that they had been promised something, a resurrection and a life. But they gave up. They gave up their hope and they stood there in fear. Fear of what? Fear of the Jews. Fear of someone who could kill their body. They had forgotten that they should fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. They had lost their fear of God because they had lost their hope in God's promises. Maybe you can see how this sometimes plays out in the lives of Christians. Christians are not those who conform to the world. They're not those who just settle down and live like Babylonians. Christians are those who remember their home. But how easy is it to be drawn away in despair, to forget where you're going, to forget the promises of God, to feel alone and afraid to lock yourself behind closed doors in desperation, to live in fear of death, or in fear of persecution, or to live in fear of the consequences of doing what is right and good and true, to live in fear of speaking the truth or of rebuking sin or correcting error, to live in fear of what would happen if you actually held to the promises, if you actually trusted in God, if you actually lived as though this were not your home, as though you have a future and a hope beyond the grave. It is so easy to be drawn away by that kind of despair, to live in fear. But notice what Jesus does. He comes into that room where no one could enter. He comes into that room filled with fear, comes into that room passing through those locked doors, and he speaks peace. It is precisely to Christians who are at risk of despair, to Christians who are threatened by this world, who are threatened with fear on every side, fear without and fear within, it is to those Christians that Jesus comes and speaks peace. He comes and breathes life 
new life, just like he did in the Garden of Eden when he formed Adam and Eve out of the dust of the earth and breathed into their nostrils the breath of life. That is what he does for you Christians. That is what he does here in this place. And that is why you come to church. To have new life breathed into you again and again as the promises of God are held vividly before your eyes week after week so that despite what the world has to say to you about how you should fear death and how you should fear your enemies and how you should fear the consequences of living a godly life, you can be assured and you can live in peace. Listen to Jesus. Peace be with you. He breathes into you the breath of life, just like he did to those bones. The one who spoke to the Son of Man in Ezekiel asked him, can these bones live? And of course he didn't know. That fellow who was standing there, Ezekiel, who was standing among the bones, of course he didn't know. Here are bones scattered everywhere. Who could begin even to reassemble them? They're all mixed up. They're all everywhere. Who knows which bone goes with which one? Not to mention the fact that they are dry. And life is so far from them. Of course he did not know whether those bones could again live. You know, he says to the voice that is speaking to him. Prophesy to those bones, he's instructed, and he does. And there they stand up like a very great army. There was no natural way for this to happen. There was no way some doctor could come along and resuscitate those bones. No amount of CPR would ever give them life. There they are in the grave, dead as dead can be, and yet peace is spoken to them. From the world's perspective, those bones had every reason to despair, to cry out as they did. Our bones are dried up and our hope is lost and we are clean cut off. But they should not have despaired because they had the promise of God. God promised them life. And he gave it to them. Prophesy to those bones. Prophesy to the breath. And those bones stood up. And they were a very great army and God said to them, I will bring you into the land of Israel. I will open your graves and raise you from your graves. A closed door through which no one can pass. God himself passes to raise the dead. I've only given you two of the options that you have when you live in exile. One is to conform to the people among whom you live, to conform to the foreign land, to become Babylonians. The other is to remember your home, but to despair to give up hope. The third is far better, and that is what Jesus offers to you today. It is simply this, to believe his promises, to live as though his promises were true, to live in hope of what he has said he will give to you, to live as God said to the people of Israel when he sent them into exile. This is what God told them to do through the prophet Jeremiah. He said, build houses and live in them, Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there in Babylon, in the land of exile, and do not decrease. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. The lie that there would be no return to Israel. For thus says the Lord, 
When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. I am giving you a future and a hope. I know the plans I have for you, God says to them. Yes, build houses, get married, have children, raise your gardens, pray for the welfare of the city in which you dwell, but hope in this, that I am taking you home. Hope in this, that my promises have never been broken. Hope in this, as St. John says, that the one who believes, the one who trusts in Jesus, has overcome the world, has overcome death, has overcome the grave, has overcome sin. Nothing can hurt you. There is nothing to fear. Live in hope. To God alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen.